listening to Oblivion. It's Washington's birthday, February 15th, 2021. But the historical thing about this day is the snow that we're getting. I just got done going for a walk in the winter wonderland <laughs> here in southwest Kentucky. And I would say... Let's see, it'd be coming up uh, past my ankles. So what would you guess that that is? I mean, is that... That's three or four, four inches, maybe? Yeah, four inches if it's, yeah, above your ankle. Yeah, good four inches. Uh, wow. Well, maybe not quiet to there, but... Three or, uh, three or four? Getting, yeah, getting quite getting a bit. Close. I mean, de- definitely uh, covering the, the foot, for sure. Like, if you put your, your yeah. leg on the ground like your foot's going to be in the in the snow but this beautiful a fluffy snow uh did some shoveling because we could get as much as 13 inches and according to the weather channel for this week this area could get between 18 and 24 inches i mean that's probably oh, yeah. feet of snow we are right in that uh in that narrow band of the heavily uh of the of the heaviest amount of snow on the fringe of it anyway it's really just to the east of here trey county katie's uh, to the east of land between the lakes and then on into uh christian county and and uh making a central uh a pretty narrow oval um, shape through central kentucky which could possibly get your area what what's it look like there dave well it's it's just starting to snow uh dave We've probably only got a half inch of snow right now. I, I was just looking at the latest forecast, and it was uh, looks like they're moving the snow more north of us, more towards Indiana. Uh, yeah, they still have the band. They definitely have the band of heavy snow in, in your area. So. Well, it's uh, coming from Texas and Oklahoma, of all yeah. places. Like Texas yeah. really getting, did you see that horrible uh, crash? No, no. I, the other I was, day on the tech. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, tell me about it. Oh, it was really awful. I mean, the, the worst part of it was you could already see there were lots of cars just uh, all crammed into a pile in the middle of the interstate. And uh, here comes this semi truck and it can't stop. And it just plows into this. Uh, into into all these cars. I mean, and people died. And there was this one horrible story of this guy who had been in the accident and got out of his car, and he was reaching in to get someone out of of a car when uh, one of these semi trucks uh, hit, and uh, he lived, but he couldn't get the person out of the car in time. And so, um, I mean, it's really horrible, but. It, you know, I always think about just the over-dependence on the automobile. Why do people always have to be driving when we know we're going to have this bad weather? I mean, the for- weather forecasting is actually pretty good. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of like the pandemic. I mean, we actually have the knowledge and we have the means to study things. You know, we have the micro level with the virus. We have the macro level with the satellites to look at the weather systems. So all you have to do is just uh, get the information, which these days is pretty easy, and then apply it. And uh, it just people don't want to do it. I mean, I, I can't imagine getting out, and not only getting out, but of all things, you know, being on the interstate, which is already probably the riskiest type of, of driving. Mm-hmm. Um, the interstate works great when you're out in the open country and there's not much traffic. Yeah, poor, Man, poor, Na- getting- poor Nancy had to... Oh, well, she went into work this morning. Today? Uh, yeah. I mean, we have, we didn't get as much snow. But, but it's not there, that bad there, though. Yeah, I mean, there was like a probably a half inch of snow to an inch. Um, okay. But uh, still, you know, I mean, it's still not fun, really. You can, I guess the people up north, of course, they get used to it, right? Uh, you drive the speed according that the conditions allow, you know. Well, they're, I mean, they're, they're more used to it. The, the main thing is that they have the resources to really uh, keep the roads in, in good shape. And then the southern yeah. part, you just don't get heavy <laughs> snow that it's, right. well, and the way that Americans look at it, right? I mean, 
you could look at it and say, what difference does it make if once every 40 years you get a really bad snow? Whenever it happens, you're going to need this stuff. So here it is. Now, you don't need it, so we'll just keep the money or we'll spend it on the military. Right. Uh, yeah, to... Um, but yeah, again, I just want to finish up on the, on the weather. Yeah. I just got to say, man, it's an incredible snow. I went on my walk. It felt like taking a walk in the in the higher elevations. Like when I was mm-hmm. out in Colorado, and the sky is just white, and I mean it's it's full of snow. It's not just some snow floating around and falling down. And we've also been having these gusts of winds when the snow will sometimes come horizontal, uh, basically parallel to the ground. It's been pretty spectacular to watch. That sounds like a blizzard. Classic blizzard. I'll uh, I'll take some pictures and uh, and uh, text them to you and uh, you can you can put them up on our Oblivion website, which I know that you're uh, working hard on getting uh, uh, created and uh, so that we can get more exposure for the Oblivion podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's well in the works. Uh, just think about it. That awesome picture of the eclipse and then the picture of this incredible snow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a visual time. So what other topics uh, do you have? Well, let's on? start off with your uh, uh, goodbye to the Democrats. Uh, yeah, I'm really surprised that they didn't uh, overnight uh, legalize pot for the not wanting to lose me as a registered member of their party. <laughs> so, um, um, oh, well, they're lost. And uh, I, I really thought um, that it, it was a uh, just a complete fiasco, the whole impeachment, mm-hmm. and the way that once again the the Democrats re- retreated by, you know, not, originally not calling witnesses. <laughs> well, they they voted they they voted to have witnesses, but then they didn't have them. That's what I heard. Okay, well, it's, yeah. you know, it's one way or another. It's just, it's just a form total of joke. Organization. Right. And uh, the same thing is true with the 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 pot. And and you know, one thing that did happen, and it wasn't that long ago, I believe it was uh, Schumer and uh, and Cory uh, Booker and and one other Democrat senator saying, you know, we're we're going to do this uh, by the end of the year. And and one way that you can uh, this meaning, of course, legalizing pot. And and one way that you can tell if something is actually being taken seriously, man, the snow is really coming down, I got to say. But anyway, uh, if the, the snow is uh, like, holy <laughs> moly, man, it's it, just are they like, are they Are they big flakes or are they? Uh... No, it's it's all it's all small. I mean, it's, uh-huh. it's literally like just the Very sky heavy. is white. <laughs> I mean, it's just heavily concentrated and just massive amounts and just, just again, it keeps coming and keeps coming. I mean, it's pretty awesome, man. Um, anyway, where was I? The, so anyway, it's been mentioned the one time and since then, nothing, right? And so that tells me that it's just, it's lip service and th- they say something about one thing one day or one week and then it's like, okay, today's topic will be this, get this out there. Oh, and we haven't talked about this either. Oh, yeah, that's good. We're a big camp. We're the Democrats. And they talk about something else. And then after a month, three months, six months, a year of talking, nothing's gotten done. And um, so you, you said that they, they voted to have witnesses, but they, did, they didn't actually have them. Like they tried to find them. Or, that's what I, yeah. But no, they just didn't want to do it. I, you know, the whole thing is just so weak. And, the, and with Mitch, perfect word, yeah. Mitch McConnell, his like doesn't vote for impeachment, but, then but it's like guilty. yeah, he was like went on and on about how terrible. He and was. you're the Democrats, and you're letting him, you're letting McConnell get away with it, you're letting Trump get away with it. I mean, yeah. I just think don't throw the first punch unless you're willing to throw a knockout <laughs> punch. What was the point of getting into this and doing this if they if they weren't going to follow through on it? And this idea that they were just going to shut it down because they had to get back to the COVID relief makes them implicitly look really bad because that apparently wasn't what they had been doing for the very beginning of their uh, administration and their uh, term in power and controlling Congress. So you wouldn't want to use those words like, well, we could have dragged this out, but 
And this whole thing with <laughs> Lindsey Graham saying, well, if you call witnesses, we'll call witnesses too, and we'll make it so that we can't do anything else but do this impeachment trial, and so we won't be able to do the COVID relief. What I want to know is who made Lindsey Graham king of the Senate? I mean, the Republicans don't control the Senate, so how can Lindsey Graham do it? But then strategically, if you're the Democrats, why not say, well, go ahead, Lindsey Graham, do that. You can be the Republican Party. You stand for insurrection, letting half a million people die of a pandemic, and you're against uh, relief, and you want to drag this uh, impeachment out so that nothing else gets done. You, Lindsey Graham, and you, Mitch McConnell, get in front of the American people and tell them that you're the ones who are uh, doing this, and we'll let you do that. And of course, if uh, if there's any truth to the fact that you know most of the country and and most Republicans really are appalled at uh, the insurrection and and the what Donald Trump uh, did in terms of uh, inciting it, uh, then it would be a, a smashing success. But uh, that's certainly what what I would have done, I would have been like, well, if you're going to stand for all of these things and then shut down Congress so that we can purposely drag the impeachment out, do it. You know, you've got to call the other side bluff. But what I don't understand is if you, if you weren't willing to go through with it and see it to the end and really get a conviction on, on Donald Trump, I just don't understand why for a second time, no less, you would start impeachment proceedings in the first place. And if it was really true that COVID uh, is such a, a, a major crisis, which it, which it is, that it just wasn't worth it, then why do it in the first place? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really see the, what, what was accomplished out of all this. Well, what I think is going to be accomplished um, unfortunately, is that there'll be uh, a general uh, um, there, there won't be any um, restrictions put on Congress members or members of the elite. What will happen is it will increase censorship, uh, you know, just in the name of tamping down on extremism. Um, you know, which, of course, will be mostly pointed at the left. Uh, and uh, that's what will be accomplished by all this. Of course, we're not going to. Uh, well, I, I predicted this weeks ago. This is what, exactly what would happen. You know, there is elite immunity. Uh, the assets are not to be uh, um, shamed into thinking that. Uh, Anything, any of them is, you know, okay, they did Marjorie Taylor Green. They took her off her committee because she's just out of the pale, you know. So we, yes, make an, yes. we, we you know, we make an example of the, the most extreme member of the party, and, and that's that. The assets shall not be compromised. All right. And um, or I'm sorry, the assets will not be compromised. I think shall is is only supposed to be used for the first person. That may be a British rule. Sorry, just a tangent there. But but yeah, I, I completely <laughs> agree. And I think that the that the really good question that you asked is what was accomplished. That's always the issue with the Democrats. Like they're just there. And I mean, when you they, when you scan technically an alternative to the other party, but okay, what's been done? One thing I noticed by scanning the New York Times kind of headline and the overall uh, feeling they put across on it um, is, you know, it's a, it's a whole uh, presentation of all these outrages. Uh, uh, but then when it comes to not, it's just like, okay, well. That was that, uh, you know, just, uh, that, that, this was the latest iteration of the show. Uh, hope you liked it. Uh, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, it's, uh, pretty lame. So uh, on to some, uh, COVID, uh, things. I, there was one thing that just came up that I think very helpful, uh, just for us on a personal level, but other people too. There was a uh, CDC put out this uh, guideline thing uh, 
based on a paper called Maximizing Fit for Cloth and Medical Procedure Masks to Improve Performance and Reduce SARS-CoV-2 Transmission and Exposure. And it's pretty, it goes into detail about their tests they did on various mask things. Uh, but they've, what comes out are pretty good recommendations, and, you know, it'll be, help me improve my mask uh, regimen. So it says, um, wearing a mask that fits tightly to your face is the most important thing. And uh, in lab tests with dummies, exposure to potentially infectious aerosols decreased by about 95% when they both wore tightly fitted masks. And the, what the examples they have are cloth mask over medical procedure mask. So like the blue, simple blue one that goes over your ears. Um, with the cloth mask over that. Um, and I guess that just gives it extra, it pulls everything against your face real well. And it gives that those two layers. Apparently that's very effective. And there's also, you can take that simple uh, medical procedure mask and do the odded, knotted ear loop and tucked in the sides procedure with it. But there's a kind of a nice graphic of how it is. is you basically, the thick loop that goes over your ear, you tie it at the base of where those two things are and then right, kind of right. tuck, the, tuck the edges in and that way it kind of pulls it tighter around your face there on the sides and I guess that really improves the performance of uh, those cheap simple little masks and then they had a couple other things that were pretty interesting there was the, I never heard of these it's a mask fitter I guess it's kind of a wire or plastic little frame that you can right. put over. I, I haven't seen these. Have you seen those? Uh, and they kind of they should pull, pull they should the. Have something where there's this, you know, plaster of Paris, and you can just stick your face in it like Han <laughs> Solo. And it makes you the absolute perfect mask. Yeah. Um, and it just. Yeah. And, and here's here's another one: nylon covering over mask. It's like a nylon. You know, you look like a badass bank robber. You know? I <laughs> like, was just going to say, you think we're going to have bank robberies? Uh, <laughs> yeah. An increase in, in, in bank robberies with uh, with all these uh, masks coming out. Coupled at the, with the at the very least, you'll have the cool look. Economic you know. suffering that's uh, bound to happen. Right. Yeah. So we'll be prepared to rob the banks when necessary. Yeah. And, and be protected against COVID at the same time. Pretty important. So anyway, I thought I'd relate to those, and we need the better masking with the new variants that are uh, oh yeah, <clears throat> sure coming in. Um, I was just starting to read the. Uh, Before we get into the details with all of that, I, I just want to ask you. I mean, what do you think is is going to happen with these variants, like mm -hmm. long term? Well. Uh, it all depends on how it, I mean, if, if the vaccines are pretty effective against these variants, then they'll be knocked out with the rest of them. Right. Right. Uh, That's the way I look at it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, in the meantime, could cause, you know, uh, cases to spike, uh, et cetera. Now. <clears throat> right. So let me, let me just jump in and say this. So here's, here's the problem. Like, even if the vaccine is effective mm. against these variants, mm. if it is more contagious and it spreads and we don't get it under control, if it continues to replicate, it will continue to mutate, right? So the concern is not just that well, don't make too big of a deal out of it if the vaccines are effective against the variants. Hmm. If we don't stop the spread, which we still haven't done, by the way, uh, misleading information is a topic I want to get to uh, down the line. I'm not sure if I gave you that one, but... Um, yeah then there will be more mutations. And so the concern is if we don't stop the spread, eventually there'll be a mutation that is impregnable, or I'm sorry, that is impervious to the vaccine. Right. Or maybe that, impregnable uh, yeah. was, uh, was the correct term. 
Right. And early on, I early on yeah. This? And early on, I heard one um, possible outcome um, was that the um, and more recent thing is as the virus goes through the population more and more, there's kind of it gets variants are more likely further down the line. Yeah. Into our immunity. Yeah, because, right, yeah, and you're getting into the, the virus is getting into the harder hosts, maybe, you know, uh, uh, further on in the thing, um, the less vulnerable hosts. Yeah, so, you know, one of the risks is, for instance, um, bad symptoms in younger people. Uh, that would be bad. Um, uh, so, you know. Uh, but you got to keep those schools open. <laughs> I swear, yeah. no story is worse than insisting on putting teachers back into schools without first vaccinating the teachers. To yeah. me, that's been as bad as anything that's happened in the entire pandemic. I can't imagine why you would ask that of someone. Frontline workers. Well, <laughs> I mean, and, and front, it's front, like front line as in like front of the line uh, ponds right. that will be mowed down right. as the first <laughs> human shield of Normandy. Right. Get out there and like a piece of the first piece <laughs> of meat to just get chewed up so that the, the assets can be protected. Yeah. Just like all of the people scrambling in the video of the of the. Capitol building during the insurrection. And again, I hate to say it, one of the things that I've just tried so demoralizing about the Democrats is when I find the Republicans, who I absolutely can't stand, making statements that while I want to disagree with them, I really can't. And one of the things that they said about the, uh, the prosecution uh, in the impeachment trial right, was that they didn't really make a case that it was just political theater, right? They, they kept showing you this never-before footage. And, of course, my initial reaction is you people are so horrible and awful and slimy, and they are, but they are for the reasons that the Democrats never want to deal with, right? I mean, they're slimy because they want to put all the money into the military. They're slimy because they don't want universal health care. They're slimy because they want to put everybody in jail, but the Democrats can never call them out on that because the Democrats want to do the same thing. Right. But in this particular case, it was like the, it's it not only was it not really uh, a case, but it was also just redundant. Like the, it was the audio that did make it more harrowing because you can hear the people like screaming and you can hear the sound of the mob and it does make it more frightening, but that just sort of, uh, highlights how that one particular point by the Republicans was correct, that it was political theater. It did get you stirred up emotionally, but, but uh, to what end? I mean, to make what point? Like what you're looking for in this particular case is some kind of exchange between Donald Trump and someone directly connected uh, to the uh, actual people going into the building and, and saying, you know, get in there and, and do this. And I think it could have been, if you've been determined to do it, that you could have pieced together the comments that, the, that Trump made leading up to that event and on that day and his lack of action, right? I mean, that should have really been highlighted. Like the fact that, he, that Trump did not do anything immediately and to act with um, a sense of, uh, of urgency to, to tell these people, you know, stop. You know, like the idea that, well, you know, I didn't tell them to do it while they're, you know, going crazy and you're not, you're just sort of sitting there twiddling your thumbs and whistling. <laughs> yeah. you know? So, you know, but they didn't do these things, you know, they made this weak case. And then when they might've been able to do these things by calling witnesses, they just basically retreated and shut themselves down and, and let the, the, the threats of the Republicans once again, um, motivate them to just kind of cower and shrink from, from the moment and waste all of our time, which is all that party has done for 40 years. Democrats just wasting, wasting people's uh, uh, time.
So the disinformation thing uh, that I wanted to get to while I was at it is this notion that the pandemic is getting better because cases are going down is misleading because they're going down from such an incredibly high point. I mean, the cases are still much higher than they were in the summer when we had a peak. Most of the counties in Kentucky, for example, are in the red, including your county, Washington County, when I checked yesterday. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you listen to the New York Times, I mean, they're saying case numbers continue to fall rapidly. The country has averaged around 102,000 cases a day over the last week, down from about 250,000 a month ago. Uh, 47 states are reporting sustained progress. The pace of vaccination continues to pick up, blah, blah, blah. That's oh, something else we can talk about, which is, you know, of course, we'll give the numbers here in a minute. Uh, oh, we might as well do the numbers now. 485,154 deaths so far. That's, again, up another 22,000. That rate's been steady at 22,000 for a month now. You mean per week? Uh, uh, yeah, that's the increase, week-to-week uh, -week increase. And well, uh, 22,000 this week, right? Yep, yep, the same. And again, what's the total number? 485,154 up from 463,338. So do we get to uh, half a million by March? Uh, yeah, I guess 22, so. 22,000 a week, we got two weeks left. You know, that's, say, 40,000 deaths. Yeah. Well, doesn't that put it over the, the top? We'll be over the top soon, man. Oh, well, it should be. Uh, I mean, isn't that horrible? Yeah. Half a million deaths. God. And it, and if this variant does take off, even if the vaccines are um, effective, then, I mean, you're still going to have, uh, if, if it is even more contagious and, and more uh, deadly, then the the rate of of death will increase from what it had been during the previous uh, surges. I wrote down Osterholm, who says that there, that there is a hurricane coming because of these uh, variants. You know, the B one one seven and the South African variant. And there's Fauci said there was sobering news about the South African variant with regard to that it it um, that the that the vaccine may not be as effective against the South African variant. So that's the biggest concern of all, is that if you have one of these variants that is, um, again, uh, impervious to the vaccine, because uh, then you have to go back to square one, right? Like we have to come up with a new vaccine. <laughs> and, we, and so you figure, well, it'll be until uh, January of 2022 before it'll be ready and then we'll have the rollout and not having learned from the mistakes that we made the first time around, we'll make the same mistakes and even more the second time around. But uh, we are kind of at a critical moment in terms of like a race against time. And the frustrating thing is rather than it just simply being a matter of speeding up the vaccinations, if we could get people just to chill out and, uh, follow these uh, uh, guidance uh, measures that they have successfully done in other parts of the world, most notably uh, East Asia, then um, we, we wouldn't be just uh, totally on pins and needles hoping that we can get everybody vaccinated in time for uh, another, uh, there's another surge or there's another uh, a variant that, that causes uh, more pain and suffering. Sorry, I was just reading a New York Times thing on the seven new variants. It's a pretty detailed science, science thing in the health uh, version. Seven virus variants found in the U.S. carrying the same mutation. Kind of goes into the genetics. And all. Have to read yeah, isn't it that. the same letter of the of the genome? Yeah, yeah, it's all. And it makes it, uh, the idea is that it makes it um, easier for it to enter the cell. Mm -hmm. they, they, it says right here that, that the, the virus is, is learning the, the human code of what it's trying to infect. 
It's unclear whether it makes the variants more contagious, but because the mutation appears in a gene that influences how the virus enters human cells, the scientists are highly suspicious. I think there's a clear signature of an evolutionary benefit, so they're watching it closely. I mean, and, uh, uh, so yeah, I think that um, yeah, that's the big worry. Will will the bad one mutation occur? And we get a, I mean, basically what that means is we get another surge, um, and um, another big surge coming up. That's what we have to watch out about. And, uh, you still there? Well, that's what Osterholm is saying is that that's that's going to happen, and that's why I wrote down those dates. I think that it's oh, March uh, March sixteenth through March the eleventh because he uh -huh. said. Uh, on February the 1st, it was going to be 6 to 14 weeks from that time. So that was two weeks oh. ago. So mm -hmm. 6 to 14 weeks then becomes, what, 4 to 12 weeks. And that's in 12 weeks, of course, is three months, mm -hmm. which is, you know, March, which is unbelievable to think, you know, man, oh, man. May, to, May 11th. So the, he, he thinks that why are those two dates? It's between those two dates, the surge will start happening or the hurricane it'll... that he's saying that it'll uh. be it'll be the darkest days of the pandemic hmm. yikes like like we've never seen fuck fuck Given man this, is, this, this has been really bad um i mean the only the only good thing that's happened is that the vaccine is actually here but what really is is uh, creepy is the way that the uh conjuring of these uh, variants has occurred right as we've finally gotten the vaccine, almost like this thing knows what we're doing. Uh, yeah, well, um, I, and I, mean, I guess, it, well, I mean, it, it, uh, it the processes of ev evolution and these quickly replicating things are, uh, Right, because it's really the universe. Trillions of them made, a, made every the interconnectedness of all things. Like, you can't look at the virus as this um, unitary thing unto itself. It is part of... I've learned how to talk coronavirus. <laughs> they love me. Like it has, like it has a, a passport or something. Right? I mean... <laughs> or a number like it's just it's part of everything else just like we are hey guys come on in and i still think that this is the way of the natural world getting back at humanity like the, the virus is doing to us what we've been doing to the natural world well there's been uh there's virus and bacteria genes in our genome you know we've <laughs> they are kind of part of us. They've kind of we've co-evolved, and it's uh, we've domesticated we, the ones that, that are <laughs> in us, right? Yeah. Well, I guess like, in a literal sense, our guts have supposedly, you know, as many cells uh, in in our gut as our body has cells. Um, so there's a whole like domesticated uh, gene. <laughs> Oh, what do they call it? Biome in our guts. So yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, your point's well taken. We're uh, part of the same thing, and of course, they're very. It's very effective. Well, the, the time scales of evolution for a virus are so accelerated. It's uh, usually evolution would take thousands of years to for something to even be noticed, uh, any significant. Right. But this is happening in weeks. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's really a bummer, man. We're gonna have another. And what's another gonna surge. happen if? Oh my God! It, what if? What if we don't have the NCAA tournament again? What the fuck? No, no, that'll, uh, no. That'll get the uh, the Kentucky coach off off the hook for not making the the, the, the tournament. <laughs> they did actually finally win a game the other day against Auburn, and they, their offense has improved. 
but it's it's unlikely as badly as they've played all season that they'll be able to sustain the level of play that they've had. But at least we've seen them play some uh, better basketball. And in other news, uh, the snow seems to have calmed down for the first time since we've been doing this podcast. Uh, I, I kind of hope it hasn't stopped. Um, I think it was really I think, just uh, on a think just, there. Yeah, I think it's, you're going to get waves of it. That's just the first big wave. Uh, <clears throat> let me look at the radar. Well, yeah, I mean, no, I think here it was going to be like from 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock was going to be the big wave, and then that was basically going to be it. Hmm. So uh, maybe, uh, but you're well, no, but I think t- I think tonight is this one's going to be big. Uh, that's what okay. I'm still the- seeing some. I think maybe just the wind does something, uh, but it, I mean it, it does it does come in waves. But this is really the first time in the uh, in the program that um, it just hasn't been a full on wall of white. Oh uh, yeah, I was just looking at the radar. It looks like we're going we're gonna to be hit by something pretty big in about an hour. I guess it's coming from kind of more your direction. I guess we're going to get your stuff here shortly. But just think, listener, you'll be able to go to the Oblivion website, and <laughs> in addition to looking at yeah. um, where the radar, amazing picture yeah. of the eclipse of was that 2017 when the eclipse happened? Uh, yes, August. This an incredible picture. Uh, your your picture of that really is uh, wonderful and amazing. I have to give you great credit on that. Yeah, uh, and then we'll have um, the uh, the ra- radar, a link to the radar, uh, and uh, pictures of uh, no from different parts of of the state. Dave, there in uh, central Kentucky, and um, in fact, I was looking at uh, when I was looking at the coronavirus map, I was uh, admiring how ideally located. Uh, you are in terms of uh, being not too far from uh, Louisville and Lexington. And um, it's kind of a great location. You're really in the heart of the bluegrass. There. Yeah, heartland. There's a heartland. But I bet if you get, if you get some serious snow, I bet you can get some beautiful pictures. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I, I was just looking cause we had a kind of an ice storm back. Um, uh, when was that? Uh, a few days ago. I guess it wasn't too long ago. Um, but um, got about I don't know a quarter inch of ice. Power didn't go out. Anything like that? Uh, oh, um, same time. I was going to mention that Nancy got her second shot. Um, she is fully vaccinated, or at least will be in a few days, uh, as far as the effects. But uh, she had the classic kind of, she had a light fever for about 24 hours and uh, achy joints. The injection site was achy, but she recovered quite quickly. It's now just fine. Yep. That's certainly good to hear. Yes, indeed. Oh, oh! I was when I was talking about the freezing uh, rain. Um, we were looking at old pictures. You were talking about pictures uh, of winter weather. There was a big ice storm in Kentucky, and it went down through uh, your part of the country. Uh, it got it worse on the west western part of the state. Uh, big ice storm. Uh, it was up to two inches of ice uh, in West Kentucky, um, uh, but here we probably got an inch or so, which was enough that like, I'd forgotten that a lot of small trees were pulled down. Like I had to clear the, a bunch of them off the road going down to the river. And, uh, uh, everything was weighted down. You know, all the cedar trees were pulled down. Limbs were pulled down everywhere. <clears throat> quite, quite the storm. Uh, yeah, fortunately, this ice storm they were afraid was going to be really bad the one a few days ago, but uh, it turned out to be pretty much a dud. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I think that we caught a break on on the ice storm because that would have been a a, a real drag. Uh, because in the cold, you lose your electricity, you lose your heat, and then uh, under uh, normal circumstances, you could just go to a, a shelter. Uh, like in um, in Murray, people uh, in 2009 went to Lovett Auditorium on the campus of Murray State University, but you can't do that during a pandemic <laughs> because then uh, you'll run the risk of getting infected. So, so what would you do? So definitely caught a break. And I, and I, one of the reasons that I like having all this snow is that we're catching a break in, in the fact that this is actually snow for once uh, in this, in this part of the, of the country. Whereas most of the time, if you get some kind of winter storm in, uh, in, in West Kentucky, it is going to be an ice storm. It's going to be freezing rain and sleet. And for as much snow as we're getting, uh, had uh, all of this or some of this been ice and sleet, then most likely there would have been down power lines and outages, which I think a million people in Texas are without power. And that's, uh, that's quite worrisome. Because that's a million people without power, and they really can't go anywhere uh, without running the risk of infection. So uh, what would you do in that circumstance? I mean, if you're sitting there in your house freezing, I mean, would you just layer up and, and somehow try to stay warm? Or would you think, if I freeze to death, what difference does it make if I don't get <laughs> infected? Yeah, yeah well, definitely I could get infected if I'm frozen. Uh, right. I didn't buy COVID-19 <laughs> in the frozen body with a, you know, a note in its frozen hand, pry it from their cold, dead hands like uh, Jeremiah Johnson does the rifle in the frozen dead man's hands in the beginning of that movie. Did you ever see that movie with Robert Redford? Oh, no. What's it called again? Jeremiah Johnson. It's a great movie. I think it's 1972, 1970s best decade for uh, filmmaking. No doubt about it. You know what great movie was on last night? It started kind of late, and I, I wanted to make sure I got a good night of sleep to see all the snow today, but the good, the bad, and the ugly came on about 1 o'clock in the morning. I was about halfway through that. It's uh, that, two hours and 41 uh, minutes long. Yeah, I know. Those, his, Sergio Leone, is that who that is? Uh, uh, yeah, all of them are really long. <laughs> But they're really good, and I and I kind of like the idea of a longer movie. I mean, if it had started at like uh, yeah, o'clock, I would have. Well, it, it's hard to pull it off. I mean, some do, but uh, I mean, I've been watching a lot of these hour and a half long um, French movies uh, from the new wave French movies recently, and well, the one and a half you can get a lot in of information in that amount of time. Well, but I think it's all a matter of, of how good is the film. And if it's a really good film, I mean, I'm I'm happy to for it to be two, two and a half hours as I am an hour and a half. I'm not concerned about it. I mean, I only find myself getting restless if I don't think that the film is, is that great. So you're talking about French films. Are these subtitled and, and they're, yeah. they're recent? They're contemporary? No, no. The, the, well, yeah, the one. It doesn't seem that that. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe French movies are longer now too. But uh, oh, I'm outside now. I'm reporting from outside here in Central Kentucky. Yeah, it's starting to come down. Seems like it's mixed. Yeah, right? I think I can. I can hear it. Normally, you can't hear snow. <laughs> yeah, it's bouncing off of my hood. Uh, like a it's a mix of sleet and rain right now. Poor Nancy's heading home right now. I hope it's not glazing up the road. That's why I came outside just to keep my eye out for. Yeah, that does uh I mean I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy, but it worries me a little bit. And it, it makes me angry. I mean, just the whole way that mm -hmm. uh teachers are, are treated. Like it's so important. You're so important to us, but we don't care that to just go ahead and get you vaccinated. It's a when people talk about like all the science and the CDC says it's okay and you can reopen schools safely. 
and it's a reasonable position. I just don't understand how you could argue that, that it is not reasonable for a person to say, if you want me to go back in the classroom, I want to be vaccinated before that happens. And especially since we know the vaccine exists. That's all I'm saying. Like, as soon as I'm vaccinated, as soon as I know that it's all kicked in, I'll go back in there. But, of course, you know, Joe Biden and the Democrats want to bend over and, like Barack Obama would, and say the other side is being reasonable and saying that the only reason that these people don't want to teach is that they don't want to work. Because, you know, what did Biden say? He, he, gets, he gets up here and he says, well, teachers want to work. On the defensive, don't think you don't want to work. And right away, just conceding that that's a reasonable suspicion that the that the other side has. The teachers are are bad people. That's that they want to do all this work. That's why we have teaching so that these these weirdos uh, can can have something to do. So it sounds like you're walking around uh, still outside. There's some, uh, is there ice? Is that what I hear pelting down? <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, mixed precipitation. It's, oh, wow. it's like it's you like. You know what a, you ought to do once once it uh, once it converts to all snow, you should get your uh, hot tub going. <laughs> all right. And then it would be like uh, then it would be like you were in Switzerland or something at the ski resort. <laughs> and, all right, there's Nancy. She just pulled, drove all the way to the top without a problem. Well, see, what I a, feel uh, what I a pro. Feel, uh, like my uh, my concern uh, about her was uh, was good karma. And I, I could I, I her her car hard. her car has a uh, like one of those ice blocks that's formed around the back side of it, you know, where the water kicks off the road and hits the big blocks hanging down. David Overby was worried about you. <laughs> I should never what she? Yeah, she's uh, said she should have never gone in because they ended up canceling the goddamn class anyway. Right. Hey, oh, wow, what a bunch of losers, man. A bunch of Democrats. Rick, that I don't... <laughs> if it was, I mean, the, the little yellow light never came on. Yellow light? You know, sure. when you put the brake on and twist, that yellow light. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was just enough uh, snow on the top of it all. That... Somebody was off the medium. But some people were going really we're trying to go seven. All right, I got Nancy installed. Yes. I'm telling. I'm telling folks what we're doing right now. Podcasting in the snowstorm. <laughs> we'll stop at nothing in the Oblivion <laughs> podcast to deliver high quality podcast programming to you, the listener. <laughs> Well, that's another uh, interesting thing is uh, I've been watching how the birds have been uh, hunkering down and uh, they're on the, the window ledges trying to stay warm, get out of the snow and the cold air, shield themselves from that wind. You get a good view of them because they're sitting in the window there. Yep. <sighs> And we still have the snow green uh, here. Uh, evergreen in the background. When I concentrate on that, the contrast, I can see that uh, snow is real, is still coming down. It's more coming straight down at a slight angle now, whereas before it was pretty much diagonal or parallel. All right, now that I've got Nancy installed, I get back out to the barn. So why don't you tell us about radical love? Well it was <clears throat> since it was um uh the uh Valentine's show um 
the first time I heard the term was there was a socialist feminist uh, was talking on the show, and uh, and she used that she used that term as the descriptive uh, for socialist feminism, which was radical love. And uh, you know, I think it's just something to ponder uh, what that means. And uh, I think, in the sense that it's of a communal, uh, uh, love-based, and often these things are thought of in the feminine terms, love-based, communal, uh, <clears throat> sharing uh, society. Uh, that's the kind of life and uh, that should be celebrated. Um, not just uh, your own particular uh, friend, uh, spouse, whatever, but uh, instead of that uh, disheartening thing where if you're a person that doesn't happen to have a partner, it's not, uh, um, you know, you feel left out of the whole situation. If you have a situation of radical love, uh, you know, then you're not alone then. You're part of a community of love in general, and it's not this uh, thing that you're left without. Um, so, yeah, that's my... Because, you know, some people have to be resets and, and, and suffer, while the elite specimens, true to Aryan culture, <laughs> there's the one who gets amazed and then fornicate and replicate. There's more arrogant specimens while the rejects in a in a moral universe, which is how the universe moral universe has to work. Well or uh nurturing and then they'll just die off. But no, I, I mean, I, I love that idea, and it, and it's, uh, it, it gets back to that idea of the collective. The, the, you know, love is a collective thing, that you, you really have to love the one before you can either, you know, love yourself or feel loved or love just one other particular human being and have this one-to-one love channel that immediately doesn't exist or go beyond that sphere because if they're better like this if if there's not if love doesn't exist as a whole collected thing how can it exist in just one particular person or here and there right i mean it has to exist first uh in bits and pieces in individual and uh people and relationships Right, and I was going to extend the whole holiday thing to uh, Mardi Gras, which is uh, coming up on Tuesday. Uh, <clears throat> Nancy's kind of exposed me some, to some neat stuff. She she's been doing a kind of an art series where she takes her little miniatures and and uh, makes photographic like little menageries with them. But then she's kind of advanced to this like simple. Um, animations where she makes kind of like little gifts. It's just like, say, a series of eight or ten photos of her moving it so the, there's action there of her little figures. But she decided to do one her latest theme was to do Mardi Gras uh, parades uh, <clears throat> with her little figurines. And uh, so we started watching uh, I'd, I'd heard about the Mardi Gras Indians, but I didn't know a lot, whole lot about them. But, but it sound, sounded interesting. But we watched some video of them uh, parading on the streets. Uh, they, and what, basically what it is, um, after uh, the podcast looked this up, Mardi Gras Indian costumes or, or uh, <clears throat> parades, uh, maybe watch a video or two. And uh, basically they make these, the tradition is 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 rooted in that uh from slavery times uh you know the slaves would would escape and co-mingle and be protected by the Indians out in the swamps uh, and the local area uh that lived and uh, 
probably about 100 years ago in the Mardi Gras festivals, uh, the black community, uh, uh, various neighborhoods started uh, uh, having this thing where basically they dress up in outlandish versions of Indian headdress, uh, full ceremonial garb. But there are these amazing things that weigh up to 100 pounds and it's all feathers. It looks like, you know, uh, uh, Las Vegas on steroids or something, you know. And, and they parade in these things, but they also, there's this whole patois. They have these songs that they sing. You know, it's a real indigenous culture uh, that they spend most of the year working on these um, costumes. And, uh, you know, it's just fucking amazing. Uh, and so, you know, I, as far as the radical love, that's the kind of thing that has to occur where there's um, basically people's free expression, their ability to love and create um, is is fostered in a, a natural way in society. And I think a society based on a communal and love-based sharing community, uh, you would have, that would be everywhere, right? But uh, the Mardi Gras Indians stand out because um, it's one of, it's the only one I know about uh, in the co- a whole country that this kind of um, culture exists. Um, you mean the radical uh, love culture? Right, yeah. You know, maybe I'm being a little, there's, there's some, don't want to overgeneralize. I mean, I think that there's some strange things about it, which apparently there were like in the 50s, 60s, 70s, it was a lot more overt violence uh, in, in the actual, you know, uh, when they would be dressing up and going around, it would be like the gangs would be fighting and stuff. And, uh, <clears throat> so I, the, what they did about that was that they kind of ri- ritualized this competitive uh, thing between the chiefs, you know, it's the big chiefs are the ones with the biggest, like, huge <laughs> uh, costs. Right, right. And, uh, you know, they had this faux confrontation where there's a lot of shit talking and uh, strange patois where they, you know, you know, I, you know, I'm the pretty, pretty, you know, uh, uh, you know most badass uh, chief here and stuff. But Strutting. It, yeah, there's it's it's become a formalized thing. They they transform this overt uh, actual violence into a uh, into a, just a ritual, kind of like a dance. Yeah, very much. Where you could argue that. Uh, by the way, I know that you're uh, a, a dancer and have some background and expertise in it. And there's a show on public television that I've started watching. Uh, I think it's called uh, Bare Feet, but it's this um, uh, woman who's a dancer and she goes to different countries and learns the dancing rituals in these countries. And, you know, some of the dances are, uh, you could say, kind of uh, aggressive, but I mean, they're, they're, they're very active in terms of how you move your body. And it almost reminds me a little bit, uh, some of it anyway, of uh, basketball, like at least in terms of some of the drills that you might do in terms of uh, preparing for a basketball game. And I, I really do think that some of, not all of it, but I mean, you could think about the drum beat, you know, marching mm-hmm. to the drum beat of war, but then mm-hmm. some of dance came as a way of encouraging people to use these uh, emotions of expression um, and this, you know, need to display strength and agility and power, but to do so without having to kill someone else. Right. Because it's more fun. Like, instead of people being frightened and thinking, <laughs> oh, my God, you know, this, how can I fight this person? You know, there's no way I can. But instead, the person just does this amazing dance. And so I can, instead of being afraid of them, I can admire them. And I can think, wow, that was a really incredible dance. And then, you know, maybe I can learn to dance, but I mean, I won't be able to do it as well as these people, but um, 
Instead well, of, spe- speak, gra- yeah, and speaking of that. Gored and just, you know, go get gored and get my head cut off, and then everybody can say, you know, the weakling has been killed. Well, and for instance, for instance, the Native American dance, um, of course, there's various ones, but it always has a thing of the community coming together. Um, everybody does it together, you know. Everybody's dancing. Everybody's, in, you know. Uh, <clears throat> there's... Uh, you know, everybody's part of the same uh, collective action. Uh, you know, and there's also in, I assume in the ancient times too, there was the the sexual component to it, uh, also. But uh, all right, man. Well. Um, yeah, I better uh No, let us know, let us know. <laughs> so yeah. Uh well, uh I think we're gonna get between two and four inches of snow. Well, that's all I know. Um as far as uh in the near future. Well, uh yeah, I guess I can gloat. Uh I was uh saying for certain that you were going to have to leave the uh Democratic Party, and uh, yeah, and as, well, I never as, as far yeah yeah as far as that was concerned, uh, that subject's concerned, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's even going to come up. I mean, if you have you heard it come up mentioned since well, the election? Well, that's what I, I I was saying. It it did come up, but it was only brought up the one time, and this this was say a week to ten days ago. Mm-hmm. And then nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying about the Democrats is they're either just scattershot and totally disorganized or they are the sham party that I really think they are. Where Everything is about lip service mm-hmm. and, per- and you know, parading these women and people of color and gays and giving lip service to these issues like legal pot and climate and uh whatever else, uh, you know, abortion rights. I mean, these are all serious issues, but they're simply just talked about and there, and nothing is accomplished is to go back to what, to your accurate and concise observation earlier about this, uh, meaningless second impeachment of, uh, of, of Donald Trump. Um, so the fact that it was only brought up the one time and it hasn't been brought up since then, is the giveaway that no one is serious about it. And that was the point I was trying to make earlier is something that's actually going to be done. It isn't just mentioned the one time and then it goes away. For example, and I'm glad I thought of this in 2012 in Colorado, it wasn't like there was one time when it was in the paper that they were going to legalize pot sometime that year. It was every day and the momentum for it just mounted and mounted and mounted. And there was this, it's on the ballot, and we've done this, and the polls are showing it's going to pass, and it was, it was always in the news, and it was always talked about, and it was, it not only was it talked about in the media, but it was what people in the population were, were talking about, and they wanted it to happen. And, it, but with, you know, the national level, it, it just is, is not there. And it's always the same thing that, oh, we'll get around to it, but, you know, we bet, you know, we don't, you're a, you're just some, uh, immature pothead who doesn't understand what's going on. We've got bigger things to work at, work on. And none that this is true. If you, if you, in terms of uh, disparaging or marginalizing the issue of legalization, if you understand that uh, cannabis has medicinal value, medicine is always an issue of access. And the best way to give people access to pot is just to make it full on recreationally legal at the federal level. That way, it's not the way it always has to be in America, where some people get what they need and want, and some people don't. And we insist that it has to be that way. Why should it be that if you live over here, you can get it, but if you live over here, you can't? Because you have some uh, half-assed medical program, but there are no dispensaries within 200 miles, there are no growers, and it's such a restrictive program that you just can't get the stuff that you need. And what kind of a bunch of uh, bullies 
are still hung up on wanting people not to be able to get their pot. So, um, but the contrast between the way that the Biden administration has started out and what Colorado was like in 2012 with regard to the consistency and the repetition of the message of legalization, you know, is this another giveaway that nothing's going to get done? And this, you know, we'll do it sometime this year. Why not do it right now? Why not do it right now? That's the title of the one. It's already been done. Instead of wasting our time with this impeachment, the pot would have been legal. It's like if you want to keep Donald Trump out of the White House, then deliver. That's how you do it. I mean, there's a reason that. And look at. And look at what's happened. You have left the party. Party pooper. Party pooper. There's our episode. (laughs) All right, man. Take us on out. For David Vernon Miller, this is Dr. Dave Overby. You've been listening to the Oblivion Podcast. Peace, love out.